On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, a follow-up to last week's big Model 3 revamp story sheds some light on when we might see the updated sedan in the United States. We've got our first intel on what new goodies are due to be included in the imminent holiday software update, another country vies for a gigafactory, and more. Greetings, friends. I'm Ryan McCaffrey here with you alongside Daisy the Boxer. And just below me, chilling out, is Zelina the Future Service Dog. It is the December 11th episode of Ride the Lightning, episode 384. I am just back from Los Angeles, flew back home this morning. I want to thank all of you who made it out to the Peterson Auto Museum with me to check out the Tesla exhibit. Had a really good turnout for it. It was a really nice treat getting to meet a number of you and see that fantastic exhibit. I'm going to give you a little bit more of my commentary on uh, what I thought of the exhibit towards the end of the podcast. And if you are a uh, Patreon backer of mine at the appropriate tier, I did my deep dive thoughts on the Peterson Auto Museum Tesla exhibit as this week's lightning round bonus mini episode. I do them every week on Patreon. So if that is of interest to you, You can check out my Patreon page at patreon.com slash teslapodcast. The Patreon is the way to voluntarily support the podcast, and I try to give you some good stuff in return for that support, such as that weekly bonus mini episode. Also, a quick correction from last week. The $3,750 credit on any Model 3 or Model Y that I mentioned on last week's episode It is not restricted to just inventory cars, as I incorrectly stated last week. So if you are taking delivery this month on a custom order, if you're taking delivery in any way, shape, or form on a new Model 3 or Model Y here in the month of December, you will get that credit. So thank you very much to Bob from Austin, as well as a few other folks who called in to correct me on that. I also went out and verified that correction for myself. And again, my apologies for giving not quite accurate information about that last week, because of course my goal as a trained journalist and somebody that takes a lot of pride in doing this Tesla podcast and doing a good job at it each and every week, my goal is to be an accurate source of Tesla information for you. So I let you down a little bit last week. Uh, Another bit of good news, by the way, before I get going with the proper news this week, The first shipment of Tesla Model S's and Model X plaids have finally arrived in Europe. I saw that on Drive Tesla Canada. I did also have a couple of listeners reach out about it. Uh, Drive Tesla Canada writing that the first delivery should be starting soon as the Hogue Transporter arrived in Zeebrugge, Belgium this past week with a batch of new Model S and Model X plaid vehicles, S plaids and X plaids. According to Tesla ship tracker, Morton Grove on Twitter. So I want to say a big congratulations to all of you who are going to be taking delivery or maybe you just have because a lot of you over in Europe have waited a very long time for these incredible new redesigns on the Model S and the Model X. Speaking of redesigns though, let's get rolling with the news proper for this week. I've got an update on last week's big Reuters scoop about the revamped Model 3. This comes via Teslarati, where Tesla has 
begun preparing for a revamped Model 3 line at the Fremont factory. Tesla Roddy writing, Tesla has filed for several revisions of the Model 3 lines at Fremont, according to documents found by Tesla Roddy. In all, Tesla's GA3, or General Assembly Model 3, portion of the Fremont factory will experience reorganizing for at least the next several months, the permits show. Tesla filed and signed an application to build temporary tents that will house Model 3 body fitting and light repair operations until May 1st of 2023. It is far from the only change Tesla plans to make in GA3 at Fremont. In another filing, Tesla said it would demolish brake and roll equipment on the Model 3 lines while providing a temporary floor cover over the pits that store the equipment. All supporting electric and mechanical utilities are said to be demolished as well, the filing states. So preparations are underway here uh, on the Model 3, on one of the Model 3 lines. Perhaps not coincidentally, by the way, this past week, a Model 3 out in the wild with manufacturer plates, California state manufacturer plates, was spotted down in Santa Cruz, which is in the greater San Francisco Bay Area, but out, of, out on the coast, about an hour and a half from San Francisco or so. And that Model 3 with manufacturer plates was spotted with massive black custom bras on the front and back of the car. These were clearly designed to fit the car, very much a custom fit. And the thing about them is, contrary to a, a traditional car bra, I mean, you don't really see those anymore. Those are kind of really re relics from the 80s, but a lot of you know what I'm talking about when I say that. But the these these custom bras are covering not just the nose of the car, but the entire front of the car, including the hood and most of the front fenders. And then the, the bra on the back is covering everything to the up to the, the the rear of the second row door. So this could be covering up styling changes and or it could be covering up more cameras at the front of the car and possibly certainly also the rear of the car as part of hardware four. So the plot thickens on this. But anyway, to, to rope this back into Project Highland, which is, again, as I told you last week, the code name, that's the project name that's been assigned to this Model 3 revamp. So last week's Reuters report had said that according to Reuters' four sources, those four sources weren't quite sure when Fremont was going to make the change on the Model 3, only that Giga Shanghai was set to begin production on that revamped car in Q3. Thus, uh, it's going to be either the same time or later in Fremont, and I'm, I'm now optimistic hearing that these, these factory retrofits and factory upgrades are going on now. I'm optimistic that Fremont's going to be ready to roll out that new Model 3 at either the exact same time as Shanghai or hopefully at worst just very shortly thereafter since they're making preparations at Fremont right now. Also, on a related note, you know, one other thing actually too before that, this last note what this says is that Tesla expects the 4680 cell supply to be not a problem whatsoever by the second half of 2023. In other words, by the time the Cybertruck is going into production. Because the Cybertruck, I mean, it, granted the Cybertruck will start slow 
on its production ramp, but you've got the Model Y getting 4680 cells as we speak in Texas. And now uh, you will be seeing presumably this revamp as, as reported last week by Reuters, the 4680 cells going into the revamped Model 3 as well. So the cell situation is looking very healthy. That's good news. And again, uh, as I started a moment ago, on a related note, whether or not those custom front and rear covers on that on that manufacturer plate Model 3 were hiding, uh, whether or not they were hiding a redesign, you have to figure that, that with the timeline that Reuters gave us last week, and that's, again, Q3 2023, that should mean that every single one of these revamped Model 3s is going to include hardware 4. Therefore, if the new if this Model 3 looks any different at all aesthetically, you know, to the naked eye, if it does look any different at all, you will be able to instantly identify it as a hardware 4 car. Speaking of hardware 4, the next story this week We've got a very probable update on that front. I know I'm very interested in, in Hardware 4 and when it's coming and what exactly it's going to entail. And this update is courtesy of Twitter user Tony Rivera and our resident white hat hacker friend, Green the Only. Tony posted a letter that was made public by the FCC, and I have to say, after poking around, I'm not sure how or why this was made public, but it was. Uh, and the, the letter is is this. It's, it's titled Authorization Letter dated November 18th of this year, addressed to the FCC. We, Tesla Inc., want to submit this request for our device, model number, the model number, which was granted under FCC ID, blah, blah, blah. Here's the, here's the relevant bit. However, this device will not be marketed until mid-January of 2023 to avoid any unnecessary disclosure and competitive harm before our product launching, we would like to request the above exhibits, which were the user manual, internal photos, external photos, and test setup photos. We would like to request the above exhibits be held for another 60 days until February 7th, 2023. Uh, we, uh, this authorization is valid until further written, written notes from the applicant. Sincerely, Cindy Lee, certification engineer at Tesla, and it is addressed from the Palo Alto, the, the Deer Creek, formerly the headquarters of Tesla, their space over in Palo Alto. Now, Tony said in his accompanying tweet, quote, Tesla is requesting a short-term confidential, con pardon me, let me try that again, a short-term confidentiality extension in HD radar documents as it will be marketed mid-January. And then, that's where Green the Only jumped in with his two cents, adding this, quote, The classic Streisand effect is at play. Tesla now draws attention about something potentially major planned for mid-January, which is just over, uh, just a bit over a month away, dot, 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 like something that coincides with a sensor suite change, end quote. Well, mid-January, all right, let's think about mid-January. That coincides with the next quarterly earnings call, which will be the Q4 slash all of 2022 earnings call. Therefore, it's fair to wonder now, is Tesla planning to announce the rollout of Hardware 4 on that earnings call? And as such, will they give details then as to what's in 
the new hardware suite. Remember, the past tells us, history tells us, that Tesla is not likely to announce that hardware 4 is coming. They are all instead almost certainly going to announce that it's here, that it's shipping in cars right now, whenever it is that they make the announcement, be it in mid-January or later, whenever that happens to be. So if that's indeed the case, and it's certainly just an if right now from what we can see, but it's looking like a stronger probability and, and Green the Only sounded fairly confident about it, just if I can maybe... I guess I'm reading it between the lines on that tweet a little bit, which maybe is unfair, but anyway, uh, from what we can see, this, this would be a secondary reason, I think, to offering the aforementioned $3,750 credit on the Model 3 and the Model Y here in the month of December, because in doing so, you would be helping to ease the burn, the future burn, for folks who will have just taken delivery this month, only to have a brand new autopilot hardware package drop weeks later. And that new autopilot hardware package, again, in my opinion, that I would be thrilled to be wrong about, but in my opinion, will not be able to be upgraded to from what's in the cars now. So stay tuned to Ride the Lightning in the new year, my friends. It sounds like we might get a very big Tesla year. We know it's going to be a very big year. Cybertruck, the semi-continued rollout, maybe, maybe the Roadster, or hopefully at least some information about the Roadster. You know, the Gigafactories both hitting full volume production. It's going to be a heck of a year. Going to be a very big year. And uh, this it, that year may get off to a flying start right in January. Next up this week, a feature that both myself and plenty of you who've called in have lobbied for over the months and years looks like it is about to come to fruition. And that is live viewing of the cabin camera in your Tesla. And that's not all, by the way. This story comes via the Tesla App Updates iOS Twitter account, which is at Tesla underscore app underscore iOS, if you'd like to follow them, who notes version 4.15.0 has been released. And again, this is the Tesla app for your iOS device. And we've decompiled it. Here's a summary of the good stuff, and then they wonder, holiday release stuff? So it will feature, number one, as just stated, live interior camera viewing. Number two, remote farting. Number three, remote boombox. Number four, setting a climate temperature for your co-pilot. Now let me just hang on that last one for a second, because... Setting a climate temp temperature for co-pilot, if I'm reading that correctly, if I'm interpreting this correctly, that is finally going to allow the front passenger to set their own temperature independent of the driver, which has not has never been possible in a Model 3 or a Model Y, and I'm not I'm not 100% sure about the S and the X, but the, but uh, certainly the 3 and the Y, it's whatever. Whatever one of you wants, both of you get on the temperature front. But uh, the folks who run that account note that the live interior camera viewing will need a software update on the car side in order to enable it. But the code for it is now there in the Tesla app. So one end of it is done. 
We're waiting on the other end of it. So to me, this is really awesome because it's going to pair really, really nicely with dog mode. So you can check in on your pooch. If you happen to be running running an errand and you've got dog mode on keeping your car, keeping your dog comfortable in the car while you're in running your errand. You know, I was just talking about the upcoming Zoom app for Tesla's on the podcast, what, a couple episodes ago, two, three shows back. And I said on that episode, I hope that we would start to see more end user stuff able to utilize that cabin facing camera. Well, this certainly meets that criteria and it will be a most welcome feature when it arrives. On the other side of the spectrum is the not particularly useful, but definitely hilarious new feature on that list. That would be the remote farting, of course. So I guess if you're picking up your parents at the airport in your Tesla and your spouse has access to the car on their phone, well, they could trigger those location-based fart sounds, you know, and by location-based, I mean, you know, which one of the four quadrants of the car, front, front, you know, driver's seat, front passenger, rear, rear left passenger, rear right passenger. <laughs> so that you'll be able to access, trigger those, those uh, toot sounds remotely through the app, which uh, will certainly liven up the holiday season, don't you think? And finally, a, uh, a slightly more useful feature maybe than the remote farting is that release notes for new software versions will now be viewable in your Tesla app. That means you will no longer have to run down to your car to read what's new in a, in a new version of the Tesla software once that new build finishes installing in your car. So I like to see that. Next up, speaking of new features coming via software update, we've got a holiday update preview rumor courtesy of the folks at Teslascope. That's their Twitter handle as well. And these folks make it their mission to try and suss out this stuff. So they tweeted, Tesla holiday update? Question mark? Here's a first glimpse. And they list Apple Music, improved music player you can move around and customize. I like that. MyQ garage support, remote light show scheduling and the aforementioned remote emissions mode requiring a mobile update that I just told you about, new games, and then they say, and much more we can't share yet. So uh, hands up out there. How many of you have used the light show in your Tesla since last Christmas when it first dropped? And I'm gonna, I'm gonna politely exclude my Model X owners out there who of course have had the light show for years now. But still, so, you know, I, guess I, I tell you, I haven't turned it on since, since last year when it first came out, but the ability to schedule it remotely is pretty cool because if you are doing a like a holiday light show on your house, I know, shout out to my friend Michael, if he hears this, he's, uh, he, he dials it up every year on the outside of his house. You could dial, you could tie it in with this now. You could get your car involved in that holiday light spectacular on the front of your house if you want to do that. So uh, I'm, this, this now inspires me to fire up, now that we're back in the holiday season, to fire up that holiday light show once again because it has been roughly a year since I've, since I've activated it. Uh, anyway, on to other things here. The internet tells me that the MyQ garage support, I mean, it's basically it's Wi-Fi garage support. So the internet uh, really likes this. MyQ, this is a big deal. 
it's effectively the new generation version of Homelink. Now, my personal garage door opener is easily 20 plus years old. It was here when we moved into the house. So my rusty old garage door opener does not have my Q support. But uh, is this feature that, is this a feature I should say, that most new garage door opening systems have built in now? I mean, I have to imagine that's the case. And if so, this is gonna be awesome since obviously Tesla stopped shipping cars with Homelink built into them, gosh, a few years ago now. I was lucky to get it built into mine. You know, you can still order it and get it installed at a service center. They gotta take your front fascia off and then mount it up in the front of the car, the, the sensor, but... You can get it, but this could solve that problem for a lot of people out there. And finally, the, the other thing I want to tap into on this, certainly in my line of work, I would, not, I would not let this story go by without addressing new games, new video games in the car. I, I wonder what those games are, because it could be anything, but I'm going to aim high here and say that Hopefully this is finally the long-awaited Witcher 3 and or Cyberpunk 2077. That I, uh, well at least Cyberpunk, I saw it running in the new Model S back at the Plaid launch event a year and a half ago. So it's, and we know from Elon Twitter updates over, over the months that they've, Tesla has been working on a full sort of Steam integration to try and, effectively uh, run Steam straight up through the car, that which would make a lot of games work, not just Cyberpunk and or The Witcher 3. But uh, I can, what I can tell you from my day job is that the developer of those two games, it's the same developer that made them both, The Witcher 3 is from 2015 and Cyberpunk 2077 is their most recent game that shipped in holiday uh, 2020, two years ago. And... Uh, excuse me, it's holiday 2021. It's been one year, not two years. But the developer of those games, CD Projekt Red, they, let's just say that Cyberpunk had some issues when it came out. And the good news is that CD Projekt finally got on top of all of those issues this year. So hopefully they have had some bandwidth to tackle this. Oh, and by the way, I had it right the first time. It was two years ago. It was holiday 2020, but it took them quite a while to get Cyberpunk sort of back to where it should have been when it or when it originally launched. But anyway, uh, so what's going on besides... So Cyberpunk's been fixed, basically. And just this week, this coming week, uh, CD Projekt Red is shipping a free next-gen update for The Witcher 3 which again, originally came out in 2015. So uh, the timing here could be good. Perhaps the Teslas are gonna get that version of The Witcher 3, the newer, shinier, prettier version of the game. Uh, now, if either of these does get released for the Tesla fleet, I do have to wonder if they're going to require MCU 3, which of course is available in every new S, every new X, and newer threes and whys, because both of those games, even 2015's The Witcher 3, are very, very demanding games in terms of CPU and GPU horsepower. They are by far more, uh, 
more computationally demanding than any game Tesla has put in the car yet by by quite a lot. I mean, Cuphead is the next closest thing, I would say, in terms of that computational demand, that stress it would put on the on the MCU. But The Witcher 3 and in particular Cyberpunk 2077 are those are major recent, well, Cyberpunk, a recent AAA game. So if uh, if indeed it's going to land in our cars or some of our cars, not mine, that will be really really cool. Next this week, South Korea is willing to offer tailored benefits to Tesla in order to secure a gigafactory in their country. I saw this story on Drive Tesla Canada who writes, South Korean President Yoon Suk-yeol confirmed that the country is willing to offer tailored incentives to Tesla to set up a gigafactory there. In an interview with Reuters, President Yoon said this, quote, If Tesla, SpaceX, or other companies are considering more investment in Korea, including constructing a gigafactory, the government will do our best to support the investment. We are preparing a tailored approach to grant some advantages to these specified companies. End quote. The interview came after South Korean officials met with Elon Musk and other senior Tesla executives just a couple weeks ago. One of the major talking points was the labor situation in the country. South Korea is known for its militant unions, and President Yoon reaffirmed his goal to establish the rule of law to eliminate the risk of unfair labor practices to the Tesla team. Well, whatever order the next gigafactories happen in, we know that Tesla needs more of them around the world in order to reach its very lofty production goals, which... By now, you've heard me say enough times, you know it, 20 million cars per year by the year 2030. I mean, Tesla probably has a lot of things that they take into consideration when they're deciding on where to put the next Gigafactory. Personally, I would put my money on Canada being the next one at this point, based on the the recent report that I told you about in that department. And it's, again, it's not just because we've already heard about Ontario's big push, to make it happen, Ontario specifically, the the province of Ontario. Honestly, the reason I think that Canada is the front runner for the next one is the Cybertruck. Because the Cybertruck isn't going to be made or sold in South Korea, but it is going to be made and sold in North America. That truck will probably do very well in Canada. I mean, its ruggedness, most definitely including its rust-proof stainless steel body, is a perfect fit for the rather harsh, cold winters of Canada. Thus, I could certainly see a Canadian Gigafactory opening up to produce, yes, more Model Ys, but also Cybertrucks for Canada, and maybe they would make some for the U.S. as well, and thus easing the burden on Giga Texas and increasing the overall production volume of both of those cars, but in particular increasing the production volume of the Cybertruck, which you may recall, I got to ask Elon about back at Battery Day in 2020, and his response to me at that time was that he said he saw the total run rate for the Cybertruck when it's fully ramped up to be about 250,000 to 300,000 trucks per year. If that number needs to go up, well, a Canadian Gigafactory could definitely increase that number. And so ultimately, 
I don't really think this is, this is any kind of a competition between Canada and South Korea necessarily. It's more just who's going to get a Gigafactory first and who's going to have to wait a bit longer. Finally this week, like Disney's 1970s vision for the experimental prototype community of tomorrow, a.k.a. Epcot, Las Vegas is putting together a Tesla neighborhood. The uh, tip of the cap goes to Drive Tesla Canada on this as well. That's where I first saw it. They write, a new project called The Arches in Las Vegas is launching a community of Tesla-powered homes in Sin City. The project includes 51 new homes. Is that a nod to Area 51 or just a coincidence? I don't know. Anyway, back to the story. Each coming with the following installed. Solar panels, Tesla Powerwall, and two EV charging stations. In its advertising, builder Lennar has said this to prospective buyers. Quote, The Arches is a unique Lennar community featuring included solar panels, the Tesla Powerwall, and two universal EV chargers at each home site. All combined, these features make the Arches a net zero solar community. Lennar Division Vice President Joy Broddle had this to say about the new development, quote, With incredible energy-saving initiatives and well-designed floor plans, the Arches has something for households at any stage in life. This community is ideal for anyone looking to live a more eco-conscious lifestyle and take advantage of the year-round sunshine that the Las Vegas Valley has to offer, end quote. Well, this is really cool, and I love the experiment that's being conducted here. Although, I guess it's not even really an experiment, because it's not like there's anything being tested here. Everything works. We know what this what this is going to result in. But I will say, the, the awesome next level up version of this would be to make it not just a net zero community. That's good, by the way. But the next level up would be to make it a completely zero emissions community. I'm talking no internal combustion engine cars allowed, only EVs. There'd be there'd be no oil stains on the roads, on the neighborhood roads or driveways. That would be something you don't see ever. Although, well, okay, maybe not. You'd still have service vehicles like garbage trucks coming through. Well, all right, maybe I'd have to abandon that portion of this little fantasy, but but you could go electric appliances powered by those solar panels. You could go electric and battery powered tools and things like lawnmowers. I mean, I guess you can't really force. It's not like you can force everyone to own, to not use any gas powered things at all. But maybe, I don't know, maybe you could get people to willingly sign an agreement or something in order to live there. But I don't know. It, regardless, that would be awesome to see, but what is going on for sure is that I applaud the builder here, Lennar, for putting this green energy project together. And I'll say, I mean, I'd have to take a closer look at the homes themselves, and it's a hypothetical anyway, because I'm not planning to go out of out of the area, but if I were looking to move to Las Vegas, I would absolutely consider this, because this could be a, you know, you could get a, a bunch of, you know, fellow fellow green energy, potentially fellow Tesla enthusiasts living in that neighborhood. You could, you could have uh, maybe make some friends doing that. 
All right, that is everything I've got for you in the world of Tesla news for this week. But stick with me. There is plenty more podcasts to go. It's your Ride the Lightning hotline phone calls from you guys coming up right after this. Before I get to that Ride the Lightning hotline, a reminder that that $100 off discount code, which is LIGHTNING, remains available if you'd like to get an extended warranty on your Tesla through AccelerateAuto.com and their Xcare extended warranties for EVs. These guys are former Tesla folks. They have stepped up to offer an extended service agreement where Tesla no longer does. So MCU replacements, onboard computer systems for the three and the Y, door handles for the older S, AC and HVAC issues, air suspension in the older S's and X's, and more are all covered by their extended service plan once your four-year 50,000-mile factory warranty is up. Xcare is built specifically for EVs and offers coverage for up to 10 years and up to 175,000 miles with as low as a $100 deductible. I've got a three-year, 40,000-mile extended service plan myself. They also offer leasing for customers, businesses, public entities, etc., that are looking for something a little more bespoke. In fact, unlike Tesla's leases, Accelerate allows you to buy the car at the end of the term if you so choose. Learn more and find the right extended warranty plan for you and your Tesla at accelerateauto.com slash xcare. It's spelled X-C-E-L-E-R-A-T-E-A-U-T-O dot com slash X-C-A-R-E. And again, don't forget to use that discount code LIGHTNING for $100 off your policy. Time for the Ride the Lightning hotline. It's your time to shine, your phone calls. If you've got a question, comment, or discussion topic for the podcast, give me a call. There are two easy ways to do that. Either use your smartphone's built-in voice recording software. Record your question. Please try to keep it to 90 seconds or less so that I can get to as many people each week as possible. And then email that file to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com. Alternatively, you can just call and leave a message on the Ride the Lightning hotline anytime, day or night, 24-7. It's a toll-free number. Dial it, 1-888-989-8752. Again, that's 1-888-989-TSLA. And if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they are special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. Let's kick it off with Jerry from Texas. Hey Ryan, this is Jerry Andrews from Coppell, Texas. I'm calling about the active noise canceling feature that has been improved recently with software updates. I have a new Model S I took possession of in late September of this year. Uh, after trading in my 2016 Model X, and my goodness, the improvement to the build quality from 2016 to now is really off the charts. Couldn't be happier. Um, But on the noise canceling feature, have you ever had a set of uh, Bose headphones or other active noise canceling headphones? And if you turn on and off the switch from uh, those headphones, you can, you get like a kind of feeling and there's almost a light pressure on your eardrum 
that is the active noise canceling working. Um, so the Model S now has that sort of feeling uh, when you are driving. Uh, there is a, a quietness, and I <clears throat> really notice that it cuts out the low sounds, like uh, the sounds that your tires on the freeway make. Uh, so it's taken a really quiet car and made it even quieter. Uh, very, very pleased with that. I noticed that when you uh, move your head forward to like away from the headrest to up by the steering wheel, it almost quits having that feature at all. And you can move back and forth and uh, it's like turning your headphones on and off. Uh, I also wanted to point out that in a recent update, the Model S has added karaoke back. Yay, that's fun. Uh, Model S owners want to have fun too. So, Ryan, thank you for everything you do. Keep up the great work. Uh, I look forward to hearing from you every week, like so many of us do. And uh, good luck with uh, your new service puppy. And uh, talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Jerry, thank you very much for this. First of all, because you were kind enough to share first-hand impressions of the new active noise cancellation feature in the new Model S, as I had asked for. And second... Thank you for confirming that karaoke is back in the new S and the X. A caller, I believe it may have been Gil in San Diego, if memory serves me, had noticed that it was gone a while back, and then none of us, there were even some callers, none of us could figure out why, and we never did get any explanation on that from Tesla, so it's great to have that feature restored. But back to the active noise cancellation. I am thrilled to hear that it works so well. I'd love to try it out sometime, just to compare it to my Model 3. Again, I know the S is a much more expensive car. I just would love to have a point of comparison, just to see to see what it's like. Now, granted, I, my personal history, I'm not exactly coming from the quietest of cars. I had a 2006 Infiniti G35 Coupe that was definitely more about performance than luxury, despite the fact that Infiniti is the you know like luxury brand of Nissan. And then, of course, I had my 1982 DeLorean for 12 years. Although I will say, the DeLorean was surprisingly well insulated sound-wise. It was a it was a pretty comfy, nice ride, both uh, both in terms of the the physical ride quality, but also also the sound. Now that I think back on it, but anyway, I know that my Model Three, especially my older Model Three, that doesn't have the the double pane front windows like the newer ones do. I know that my 2018 Model 3 isn't the quietest ride in the world, but I have to say it doesn't really bug me unless it's really windy outside. Then I do notice the wind noise. But this is another feature now on the new S and X that really helps differentiate those two cars from the 3 and the Y. If Remember back, remember how narrow the gap was between the S and the 3 and the I mean, then later the X and the Y was for a while, right after, particularly right after the Model 3 came out. And if you remember, Model S sales dipped. The, the Model S sales suffered as a result back then, if you recall. But now that gap between the cars has definitely been widened again, as you would hope for, for a $105,000 car compared to a car in the form of the Model 3 that's half that that starts at half that price. And how interesting 
that the active noise cancellation seems so precisely calibrated to the exact spot up against the headrest that your head goes and that you can sort of quote unquote break it if you if you dip your head forward. So Jerry, thank you again. Your call was very informative. Next up is Sean from Woodstock, Illinois, responding to the story I did, what, one or two shows back about GM repairing Teslas. Sean's got a unique perspective on this. Go ahead, Sean. Hey, Ryan, it's Sean calling from Woodstock, Illinois. Um, I actually just have a comment about a, um, a story you just ran concerning GM uh, kind of bragging about repairing a lot of Teslas at their uh, dealerships. Um, I actually uh, am a GM technician, and I work at a GM uh, dealership, so I thought maybe I could have a little bit of perspective uh, on this story. Um, one thing that I know that happens a lot is, uh, you know, people trade in their cars and end up getting something new, or we buy Teslas at auction. And uh, actually, I, I had a customer uh, recently that turned in a Model S, and I actually uh, ended up fixing the door handle uh, with a kit that I found online, um, you know, because it wouldn't uh, extend. Pretty common on the Model S's. Um, but we, we do all sorts of other, uh, you know, repairs, you, you know, stuff like tires and, and um, you know, just used car inspections and stuff. And each one of those generates a repair order that um, with a VIN attached, and obviously GM's tracking that in there pretty happy about it um you know why would it be gm over anyone else i don't know <clears throat> but uh do keep in mind that gm does have a lot of uh, ev certified technicians uh, i being one of them um because we had the volt since 2012 and even though it's not a full ev you actually do have pretty much all the same protocols uh working on it uh, as far as safety is concerned so it's not anything that uh that's that's too out of uh, the ordinary for a regular GM mechanic, but um, anyways, I just thought that uh, I would uh, call in and let you uh, know about that. Anyways, uh, enjoy the I or excuse me, I enjoy the show. Um, keep it up. Thank you. I really appreciate you sharing your first-hand perspective here, Sean. Thank you so much. It's one of those. I've got nothing to add. You you're the expert on this one, and you've added to this story which is exactly what we're looking for. A little more information, a little more context. Thank you very much for that. Next is Chris from Chicago. Hi, Ryan. Chris from Chicago again. Uh, I, like most, uh, streamed the uh, Pepsi semi-delivery. Um, I've been looking forward to the semi for almost as long as the Cybertruck. Uh, I've been in the trucking industry for over, I don't know, 20 20 years now, I guess. Um, and truck, trucks are the worst. <laughs> so the worst. Uh, if you've ever, I mean, you've been behind any number of diesel buses or vehicles, garbage trucks, whatever, you, you know, you can't even breathe. You can't even have the windows down being behind them. They're just, they're terrible. And I, you know, the equipment that we work on is diesel powered. So it's really no different. And it's just, it's frustrating to not have a better alternative. And, uh, kind of answering, um, to one of your questions you asked on last week's show about will will companies you know want to make the switch to uh, to electric semis versus diesel powered ones and I, honestly it's way less of a an emotional opinion for companies that 
than it is with a consumer buying a personal vehicle for themselves. Companies are going to look at the ROI of a vehicle and they're going to look at the maintenance and how much uh, you know how much they're going to save in fuel and how much of a roller coaster fuel prices can be throughout the year throughout the lifespan of a, of a semi so it's going to be a black and white decision for a lot of companies I think a lot of companies are going to be extremely interested in it and I'm I'm excited and I'm, I'm and and also the the potential of what the large battery pack in the semi could mean in terms of an auxiliary power unit that can power a refrigerated trailer that they're pulling rather than that refrigerated trailer using a separate diesel engine to power itself. You know, the possibilities there are, are very exciting for myself. I, I'm really looking forward to it and and uh, I can't wait to start seeing in my area. Love the show. Thanks, Ryan. Another excellent first-hand perspective here, Chris. Thank you so much. And Chris, because of your perspective, I have to say, your optimism fuels me. Thank you for making me consider the awesome possibility of the semi's gigantic battery pack serving as a power source for a refrigerated trailer as well. I had not considered that, but yes, that is a really neat, totally practical, real-world use case for the Tesla Semi. Take care. Thanks again for your call. Here's a friend of the podcast, Bill from Wisconsin, up next. Hey, Ryan, it's Bill in Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin again. Hey, I just had an exciting uh, experience that I wanted to share with you and your listeners. I saw that the announcement that FSD Beta is basically going out to everyone who paid for it. I've been uh, uh, on the beta since uh, a little over a year now, about uh, 13 months. Uh, anyhow, I just had an experience that is worth noting, not something that you would see on the city streets of San Francisco, um, but Kerbal and I were on the way to the grocery store, uh, like my dog Kerbal, who you, as luck would have it, it being in the middle of gun deer season in northern Wisconsin, I had a doe run across the county road right in front of my car. We were going about 45 miles an hour at the time. And before I could even register that the deer was in the middle of the road, FSD Beta was breaking hard to keep me from hitting a deer. And that is one of the most frequent car accidents that happens in my part of Wisconsin. So there you go. FSD Beta just saved me, at the very least, uh, the deductible on my auto insurance for getting my car repaired. I just thought I'd pass it along, tell Daisy and Zelina that Kerbal and I say hello and give them both pats on the head on our behalf. Thank you much. Bill, thank you as always for your call. And what a great FSD beta story that is. Car accidents involving deer was something that was a not uncommon thing back where I'm originally from in rural northern New Jersey, but we moved to Arizona long before I reached driving age, so mercifully, I've never experienced it. I have heard, though, that it happens really fast when it, when a deer can just jump out and boom, you have a an, an impact there. So if FSD beta was able to completely, like completely avoid that accident for you, that's pretty amazing. I am so glad that you and Kerbal are safe. And as a bonus, your Tesla is safe as well. All the best, Bill. Thank you so much. Next up, Pete from Carmel, Indiana. Hey, Ryan. 
Pete from Carmel. I'm just calling with a follow-up to the full self-driving beta. Unlike you, I didn't have the patience to uh, do the perfect driving record, so I just waited until the general release came through, which uh, I got a couple days ago. Um, You may remember Carmel has a huge number of roundabouts, and so I thought this would be a perfect opportunity to see how the uh, current build takes roundabouts, and um, I had six roundabouts between my uh, work and home, and so I can tell you that it did one roundabout perfectly, one sort of sheepishly, it pulled in at about maybe 15 miles an hour and kind of pump the brakes a few times, and then the rest of them were epic fails. Uh, In one case, it actually disengaged the autopilot right in the middle of the roundabout, so I had to take over control immediately. So my message is uh, nowhere near perfect yet, for sure. If you live in Carmel, Indiana, I wouldn't recommend using the current build because you're going to get frustrated, and it's probably quite dangerous unless you're really hands on the wheel. So anyway, I thought I'd uh, just give the update. Thanks again for a great podcast. Really appreciate it. Pete, I very much appreciate you sharing your experience, given that, as you taught me some months ago with a previous call of yours, that Carmel has the most roundabouts of any city in the United States. And in all seriousness, I really Totally serious. I think Tesla should send an autopilot engineer or two out to your city to spend a week or two with you. Not like necessarily with you personally, but with your town and your roundabouts the same way that they sent a couple of engineers to Florida to work on Chuck Cook's famous unprotected left turn. Especially, by the way, since Tesla eventually plans to release the FSD beta in Europe where roundabouts are a far more common encounter. Pete, take care. Thanks for your call. I've got one more call lined up for you this week. It comes from Robert in Texas. Hey, Ryan, it's Robert from Texas. I hope you're doing well. I do have a comment about the new steering wheel and maybe the stalks being uh, going uh, going away in the new Model Y and Model 3. I do think that that's going to happen. And the reason I think so is because I think it's such a great idea. I just got my new Model X, as you know, about six weeks ago, and uh, there really is no need for the stalks at all. Once you get used to uh, uh, the controls without the stalks, it's just so much cleaner. Obviously, it's cheaper for Tesla to make the cars, cleaner for the driver, et cetera, et cetera. There is one area that I still think Tesla really needs to think about, and that's the horn. Uh, even after four or six weeks, I still have not gotten used to the button for the horn, and I still think they should make the middle of the steering wheel, uh, when you push it for safety reasons, the horn work. I just think that humans are, are just so adaptive to that, uh, and that's a real uh, thing that they should change back, I think, and forget about the horn button or have the horn button as an extra button. And, of course, that doesn't change at all the stalks going away. I do think the new Model 3 and Model Y will have a regular steering wheel, though, uh, I do love the the Tesla Model X uh, 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 kind of racing steering wheel, uh, but um, I'm sure some people would rather just have a normal one. And, and I think, again, getting rid of the stalks doesn't depend on the shape of the steering wheel. Thanks so much. Love your podcast. Bye. 
Robert, I appreciate your point of view on this. The good news is that at some point, you should be getting horn functionality in the middle section of your yoke, AKA the traditional horn placement. Every new SNX built in the past year, since November of 2021, has the hardware in place for this. This is according to Elon, by the way, I'm not pulling this out of thin air. Somehow though, we are still waiting on that firmware update, but then again, look how long it took to the, for the active noise cancellation software update to arrive. But I mean, it must either be trickier to anticipate than it, trickier to implement than expected, or it's fallen down low on the Tesla software team's priority list, or potentially both. But fortunately, that bit of constructive criticism, which you are not alone with, by the way, in my brief couple of hours with the Model S Plaid last summer, which again, I realize is not nearly enough time to get used to the yoke and the lack of stalks, I did press the horn button several times on accident while turning. So maybe it'll be part of the holiday update if we're lucky. Thank you so much, Robert. Thanks to all of you who took the time to call in. I welcome, I encourage anybody to dial me up, call in. You can potentially be featured on the podcast. I gave you the call-in information at the top of the segment, so refer back to that, or you can always check the episode description every week as well where you can find that info. Stick with me, though. The podcast is not over. I've got more Ride the Lightning for you coming up right after this. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117. You're listening to Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast. You know, that Cybertruck looks a lot like a warthog, doesn't it? Master Chief, out. As I mentioned at the top of the podcast, I had the privilege of going to the Peterson Auto Museum to see the Tesla exhibit while I was in Los Angeles on business this week. And in fact, I I meant to mention this at the top of the show. I made this the topic of this week's Patreon poll, which again is open to anybody. You don't have to be a Patreon backer. I try to put that poll up every Tuesday night. Been pretty good about that, not to jinx myself. And again, you can find that poll every week at patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. And the poll was just a fun one, totally for fun this week. Which vehicle in the Tesla exhibit at the Peterson Museum would you most like to drive? And it was uh, specified out of all of the drivable vehicles on display because the The next-gen Roadster, it's not the real drivable one. It's the white, just rolling mule mock-up. So the choices were, well, actually, I won't read you the choices. uh, Unsurprisingly, 55% of the vote, because there were one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine choices of the nine, 55% of the vote of the 150 votes went to the Cybertruck prototype. Uh, 19%. This was a little bit of a surprise to me, going to the Model S Plaid Nurburgring lap car, which I did get to see, and it is, uh, that car has its has had its interior gutted, its front seats replaced by racing seats, it's got a roll cage, it is, you know, it's a serious track machine that it's, uh, that's been, you know, it's, it's set some records for Tesla at the time. So 19% there. 15% of you coming in third place voting for Roadster VIN number one, Elon Musk's black founder series Roadster number one. And then from there, 
going with the 1996 AC Propulsion T0, which I had never seen before, and it is tiny. That is a tiny little car, and it's clearly, you know, it's it's a garage kind of effort, right? But it's that's what it was meant to be, and it and it spurred the creation of Tesla, and we wouldn't be here. We probably wouldn't be here. Uh, I wouldn't be doing a Tesla podcast. You might not be listening to one without that AC propulsion T0. So 7% there. And then just 2% of you said the CyberQuad ATV prototype. 1% for the original 2009 Model S prototype. Another 1% for the 2013 Model S P85 and Signature Red that was taken to the uh, Motor Trend Car of the Year award. Zero votes, 0% for the 2012 Model X prototype, which I guess I'm not surprised by that one. This last one, though, I'm I'm a little surprised by. 0% voting for the 2016 Model 3 prototype. I would actually like to drive that car. Uh, Arguably, maybe not over some of these other ones, but uh, yeah. That, that was, I got to ride in it. I'd like to drive it just to see how it feels compared to the production Model 3 that I'm lucky enough to own now. So anyway, thank you all for voting in that fun poll. I'll have a new one at patreon.com slash Tesla podcast next, this coming Tuesday. Uh, and then as for the rest of the Peterson, I guess I could boil it down. Cause again, I did a, I did 20 something minutes on this, on the, the lightning round Patreon mini episode this week. But what I would boil it down to is if you can make your way out to Los Angeles between now and mid-October of 2023, the exhibit's really, really worth seeing. It's excellent. It's it's just the cars are wonderful. These are prototypes that, A, you might not see at all ever again, or if you do, it'll be exceptionally rare, and B you almost certainly won't see them all together like this again. I mean, again, the the original Model S prototype, well, let's go back. The original T0, the AC Propulsion T0, then there was a 2002 Lotus Elise that was Mule 1. It was an actual Elise that, that the young Tesla Motors, before they'd obviously produced anything, they bought from Lotus. It was a yellow car. And they took out all the, you know, the gasoline engine, the transmission, the exhaust, all that stuff. And they used that as their initial mule to experiment with the very first version of their drivetrain. That's on display. You know, the Roadster number one, uh, which you can see plenty of scratches and wear and tear on like it got used. I mean, the the Model 3 prototype, uh, the, the certainly the, the cyber, I mean, the, the Cybertruck prototype is is clearly the star of the show and it's kind of positioned within the exhibit as such but what's funny is come June or July it's going to the, the truck's going to be out and, and that and that prototype probably won't be quite as as appealing anymore to to your to your uh, museum goers but for the time being it's your only chance to get and you can I'll tell you you can get pretty up close to the Cybertruck like you can touch it that, you know, please don't, you're not supposed to be respectful and, and don't touch it. But I was surprised there when I was there, there were not museum security, like watching over it like a hawk. And it was, you could, you could get right up pretty darn close to it. 
Um, so it's the, the exhibit's really good. It's worth checking out. It was awesome to see what the Roadster body, the new Roadster, will look like in white. Looked very sharp. I'm still team red all the way on that car, but the white looked nice. Uh, yeah, it's it's a it was a really it's a really well curated display, and I'm not just saying that because one of the curators was on this podcast a few weeks ago. It's I was really really impressed by it, and uh, yeah, it's it's super worth seeing. So do check it out. If you're if you're in the Los Angeles area at all in the next you know ten months basically, hey an entertainment recommendation for you. I just watched this last night on Netflix. It is a new stand-up comedy special from Sebastian Maniscalco, who I think is hilarious. It's called "Is It Me?" and it's it's family friendly. I mean, there's it's not like it's well it's. It's not blue. He doesn't work blue. I guess I'll put it that way. Not, and I would say there. It's not like there are adult themes in it either. Really, uh, it's. I think he's hilarious. It's a great special. So I do recommend that one if uh, if you need a laugh. Hey, how about a pro tip of the week? Let's do that. Of course, as I do every single week at this time of the podcast. Here's David T from Syracuse. Hey Ryan, it's David T from Syracuse, New York again. I just wanted to uh, let you know we do have an update. Great news. After the sixth, again, after the sixth customer service call with Tesla, we finally got this, uh, this awesome woman uh, who literally knew exactly what she was doing, knew exactly who to report us to. Uh, we ended up uh, giving them uh, the order number with the, you know, the RN order number, and they finally added the letter L in gmail.com. <laughs> I just wanted to give you an update, uh, but for for about a, almost a one month, I would say probably close to 10 plus emails uh, and six customer service calls for 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 uh, letter L. So great news! They they merged his account together, so he has the correct email with the correct car and order number, but. Wow. I just wanted to say thank you. Uh, but, and uh, big fan of, of you and Daisy. And uh, thank you guys so much. Have a great day. Take care. Bye-bye. David's referring to another longer call that he'd sent in before this that acts as something of a pro tip. And that is triple check your email address when you're making your Tesla vehicle order. Because David's friend accidentally left the L in Gmail off of his... And it turned out to be a massive headache, as you heard there, trying to get it fixed so that he could get into his account and complete all of the pre-delivery checklist items. So make sure you do not rush through the process in the excitement of ordering your Tesla. A good pro tip. Uh, If anybody else out there, if any of you have a pro tip of the week that you'd like to share with me and your fellow Tesla owners and enthusiasts, I would love to hear it. Please call in the same way that you call in to the regular Ride the Lightning hotline, and I gave you the call-in instructions for that earlier in the show. By the way, uh, before I listened to David's call, I actually took a bit of a break to wash the dishes after dinner, and I had the Sebastian Maniscalco special back on. I was re-watching part of it, and I should amend my statement earlier. It is super funny. I do recommend it, but there are some some uh, 
four letter words in there. So maybe maybe it's not quite family safe, but do check it out anyway. Uh, before I go, let me mention some friends of the podcast, starting with abstractocean.com. They've got a million excellent aftermarket Tesla accessories for any of the four Teslas currently in production, such as the fourth generation tempered glass custom screen protectors that are a perfect fit for your three or Y. They use an antimicrobial coating as well as aluminosilicate glass, which is the same stuff that Corning glass uses for Gorilla Glass. So don't miss that. Don't miss the rear footwell lighting kit, especially if you got a Model Y. That's a nice little, nice little uh, accent light you can put underneath those risen front seats, the front seats that are on the risers. Just take a look. They've got a ton of stuff. AbstractOcean.com. Pile everything you like into the shopping cart and use the coupon code RTLPODCAST at checkout, and that will get you 15% off of your first order. Again, RTL podcast, all one word there. Then there's the snap plate, which you can find at everyamp.com slash RTL. That is the front license plate bracket that I recommend if you want or need by law to put a front license plate on your car. It'll snap on and off in seconds, but when it's on, it is on there good and secure. But when it's off, such as for a car show, if you're detailing your car, etc., it is not going to leave any unsightly anything behind, be it adhesive tape residue, which is what happens if you try to remove the front license plate bracket that comes with your Tesla. So again, check it out, everyamp.com slash RTL. They've got it for all four Teslas. BudgetSafeSolar.com. Sadly, I have no update for you this week on my solar installation from BudgetSafeSolar. Still waiting for the city and PG&E, just the, the bureaucracy, the red tape has, uh, has yielded a week of nothing. So I hope to give you good news next week. But in the meantime... If you are considering solar, and sure, you're going to check out Tesla Solar, as I did, but if that doesn't work out for you for any reason, check out BudgetSafeSolar.com. They will definitely work with you to, to build a system that is perfect for your needs. They did that for me. We're getting an 8-kilowatt system, and that is going to produce 103% offset, if I remember correctly. It was just over 100, exactly what I was looking for. So BudgetSafeSolar.com, and if you do proceed with a solar installation on your home or business, I humbly ask that you use the referral code RTL. Nice and simple on that. Don't forget Immaculate Reflections. Uh, I want to send a shout out. I hope he doesn't mind me saying this. I, I really hope. I did not ask this ahead of time, so I hope this is okay. But uh, Patreon backer KB brought his, I got pictures from Jeff. In fact, I'm going to pull them up real quick. Just because it is a, uh, yeah, his beautiful red performance Model 3. Jeff sent me pictures of it finished in the shop, all detailed up. He, he did the works. He went the full nine yards as I did. Car looks great. So if uh, you're going to be, and no doubt KB mentioned that he's a Ride the Lightning listener, because how else would Jeff know? And, he, and KB got that little discount. That is available to any ride the lightning listen, ride the lightning listener. Boy, it's like my mouth is in a hurry to get the show over with. But anyway, uh, irdetailing.com is the website if you are going to be or are just living in the greater San Francisco Bay Area 
and you want to treat yourself, treat your car to some ultra high quality detailing treatment, whether that is paint protection film, whether that's ceramic coating, whether that's paint correction or one or more of the above, check it out. IRDetailing.com. I promise, I promise you, Jeff will take excellent care of you and your car as he has done for me for the past four and a half years now, for which I am extremely grateful. Again, mention when you reach out through the website, irdetailing.com, mention, hey, Jeff, I'm a Ride the Lightning listener. May I please have that Ride the Lightning listener discount? And he will say, yes, indeed, you may have that. PureTesla.com slash RTL, your one-stop shop for your dash cam and sentry mode setups, along with those nice slimline wireless game controller kits as well, if that's of interest. But the the big main product is that dash cam, uh, that micro SD-based dash cam and sentry mode setup. The $49 kit includes a 128 gigabyte micro SD-based solution that'll plug into the USB port, port in your car. I cannot recommend it enough because micro SD is a format that's built to do the constant reading and writing that the dash cam and sentry mode need. So grab that, it's free shipping anywhere in the US, that's nice. Or if you wanna step up and grab a 256 gigabyte drive, that's $69, again, also shipped free anywhere in the US. Otherwise, if you're outside of the US, there'll be just a you know modest international shipping fee on that. So again, the website is puretesla.com slash RTL. And then finally, my Patreon. Uh, you heard me mention it at the top, but if you just give me a moment here, a, a humble moment to mention it, this is, of course, a free podcast. It always has been. It always will be. But I do put a lot of hard work into it. I worked on it while I was in Los Angeles on business. You know, as, as you can check my receipts, the show comes out every single Sunday, like clockwork. I think that's important. And if at some point you get enough out of the podcast, you enjoy it, you think, you know what? Yes, Ryan, I'm going to support you on Patreon. The support tiers start at just five bucks a month. And that'll get you, that's the sport tier. Sport as in the acceleration mode in the Model 3 and Model Y performance. I name all the, the Patreon tiers after, after performance uh, nomenclature in the Teslas. So five bucks a month, will you'll not only be supporting the podcast, but you will get early access to each week's episode. Then there's the $10 a month tier, where you get the, which is named the Ludicrous tier, where you get the early access and that weekly lightning round bonus episode that's exclusive to that lightning round tier and higher on Patreon that you hear me mention at the top of each show. So there are more tiers than that. They keep going. Just check it out. I humbly ask at some point, maybe take a look at that website, see if any of it sounds good to you. Patreon.com slash Tesla podcast, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. And again, even if you're not backing me on Patreon, I do have those Patreon polls posted every Tuesday evening there that you're welcome to go vote on as well. If you're already following slash subscribing to the podcast on your favorite podcast service, great. That means the show pushes out to you automatically every Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific. But if you're not already doing that, please do so. I'm on all the major podcast platforms and it's it costs zero dollars and zero cents to do that. So just go follow me slash subscribe on your favorite podcast service, whether that's Apple Podcasts, which statistically is most of you, but also Google Podcasts, 
Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify. I'm also on YouTube. It is audio only. There's no video on my YouTube, but if you do want to listen there, the show syndicates to my YouTube channel. You can find that by searching Ride the Lightning Tesla on YouTube. You should find my channel very, very easily at that point. I'm on Twitter, at DMC underscore Ryan. Same thing on Instagram, DMC underscore Ryan. My email address, whether you're sending in a phone call or you want to reach out and write to me for any reason, is teslapodcast at gmail.com. And I think that'll about wrap it up. Other than saying hello and thank you to the upper tier Patreon backers, I'll start with the grandfathered in plaid level supporters. Thank you so much to George Cassiopo, David Brander, Logan Willis, Jason Chalukas, Tim Hyde, Peter Chalet, Eric Randolph, Dory and Steve Guberman, the Tesla owners of Taiwan, Ron Lee, Charlie Gillespie, David Perella, Dennis Peake, Jeff Angwin, Chase Cabanillas, the Lydia family, Aaron Altschul, Jared Brown. Jared was one of the kind folks that made his way down uh, out to the, the Peterson Museum. It was great to see him. Jerome Strack, Jamie Dalton, the Tesla Owners East Bay Club, Mike and Barbara from Louisville, David J. Howes, Travis Krenzel, Matt Nixon, the Tesla Owners Club of Wisconsin, Jonathan Zelezny, Ish, not Elon Musk, T. Kirk Lowry, Peter, and the Bear Boys of Colorado. And the thank you as well goes out to the Maximum Plaid backers. We had our monthly Patreon Zoom hangout last week. Had another good chat there. Thank you so much to the Maximum Plaid backers. Jonathan Wales, Cameron Clark, Daniel Grummer, Seth Capello, Nick and Tony, the Galpin family, Ryan from Las Vegas, Darren Nickel, Kaz Barnes, Ulrich Lassa, Brett Libano, Patrick Wisniewski, Gil Cabrera, Watley, Eric Brown, Mark Ebersole, Todd Badger, Joe Edgel, Kevin Yank, the Tesla Owners Club of San Joaquin Valley, Michael Williams, Will Stedman, Maitsuaru, Derek Nesselrote, Justin Perez, Jeremy Harris, Chris Beach, Tom Mills, Alex Brem, Tyler Smith, Corey O'Donnell, Matthew Graham Droneberger, Scott Gillis, Aaron, John Cody, Andre Kent, Joel Sapp, Kim Bay, Paul Casarino, Richard Corley, Chris Osborne, the aforementioned KB, We Drive Tesla EV Luxury Car Rental in Oahu, HaloBengals.com, Chris Pratt, Ken Epstein, Doug Carey, and James Gregory. Finally, an extra big thank you and shout out to the Roadster in Space tier backers, which I realize isn't officially an acceleration mode name in a Tesla, but it should be. It may be on the SpaceX package next-gen Roadster. I know that's, that's going to be called, that's maximum plaid. Elon's already said that, but it could just be called Roadster in Space. And anyway, the Roadster in Space tier packers are Pete White, Lyle Austin, Steve Radspinner, Fernando Cordero, Lawton from Chicago, Sean Neidig, Neil Weaver, Jackson Wallace, Rolf and Jennifer Evers, Howard Anthony Smith, Victoria Ayacaveto, Tesla Hitchhiker 42, and Caro Weston. Thank you all so much at all the Patreon tiers for your continued support. It is your support that keep, that's able to keep me going here because it is a uh, not an insignificant chunk of my week that goes into the podcast. I love doing it. Don't get me wrong. I'm happy to do it, but it is your support that really helps keep this thing rolling on. 
So with that, for a, uh, yeah, snoozing, Daisy the Boxer, and, oh yeah, puppy passed out quickly, and also passed out Zelina the Future Service Dog. My name, of course, is Ryan McCaffrey. This was Ride the Lightning, episode 384. We got a couple of shows, uh, two more shows in 2022. Before we roll into 2023, of course, uh, the first episode of 2023, which will air on January 1st, as it works out, that'll be my annual Tesla predictions episode, where I will review my predictions from the previous year, I'll score myself, and then I will make some predictions for the new year. So we'll see how well or poorly I did last year, and then uh, I'll make some fun predictions for the coming year of 2023, which again should be a big one for Tesla. I mean, every year's a big one, but 2023 especially massive. Highlighted, of course, by the Cybertruck. All right. Happy electric motoring, my friends. I will see you next week. I mean, I think a Tesla is the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. That's what it's meant to be. Our goal is to make... It's, it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment. It's maximum fun.